0: com slash ACAST
1: This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill Now we've got a
0: fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill
1: 30 minutes of live non-stop Leafs talk starts now All I can say is welcome to Leafs Nation, Jay Rosehill, and welcome to Episode 2 of Leafs Morning Take, Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Jay, do you know why I said that off the top?
0: Oh, man.
1: I know why. (laughs) Buckle up, my friend. Buckle up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tough one, man. Jesus. Jesus.
1: What are you going to do? And we're going to get to that throughout this episode. There's a lot to converse on. Remember to subscribe, hammer the like button, leave us a review. Don't forget to check out uh, theleafsnation.com. I had an extensive post-game report yesterday where I I, I shared my true feelings on how I felt. Game 1 of 82, and I, I can't believe we're already having this conversation. But just your initial, initial thoughts before we dive into the opening segment on what you saw last night, Rosie.
0: Yeah, it'd be frustrating, man. Frustration is what I saw that uh they're just skating in sand. They are sloppy. Turnovers weren't good enough and um yeah, I have an idea on on why, but um I'm starting to get my first little taste of uh following this team and really caring about this team without being on it and uh waking up frustrated. That's why I welcomed you with open
1: arms to Leafs Nation because this is what's been like for what the last 18 years since they won a playoff series. By the way, if you want to get interactive, if you want to share your thoughts, ask a question in the chat. We'll get to your questions a bit later on here. But without further ado, uh, there's so much to dive into. So let's get over the boards. Oh, yes. Another uh, humiliating, disappointing, whatever word you want to use, loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But lucky for all of us, it happened in the first game of the season against the rival Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Rosie, please tell me why this team, this Leafs team, is any different from any ones we've seen before in the last
0: couple of years. <laughs> you don't oh, have an answer, I do you? I want to. I want <laughs> to. I want to. It's... uh. You know, I'll tell you why they lost that game in my mind. And it's yeah. it's not a conscious thing, but every single guy in that room to a man psychologically just assumed they were going to win the game. And it's inside. And no matter how many times Sheldon Keefe comes in and says, hey, let's make sure we're ready, boys. Let's make sure we're ready. No matter how many times John Tavares says, let's not. Take these guys lightly, boys. We got to come out to a big start, big start here. No matter how many times all that stuff is said to a man, subconsciously, they just assume they're going to win the game. Uh, they played this team so many times in the preseason, smashed them, and they come out, and it was just one of those Leafs thing where they can't get over that mental barrier. And it was pretty evident during the play. I mean, the effort was there, and those young guns just came out with, with, with more with morph top to bottom and they, they took it to him and they controlled the play. Even though the Leafs led most of the game, they controlled the play. And, um, I certainly don't blame Murray on any, any of it. Maybe one he'd like to have back, but just overall frustrating start. And, um, you know, you try to make excuses and try to say, well, if they didn't play them and smash them in the preseason, things could have been different, but at the end of the day, not good enough. And I think Keith. uh, you know, explain that at the end of the uh, the game with his pretty disappointing uh, interview. Look, I'm
1: done with excuses and not to come on here and shit on this team right away. It's it's way too early. It's one of 82. But we've seen this episode before. Hell, we've seen it in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think to your point, it's just extremely problematic where you're just fresh off a successful preseason. If you can call a preseason successful, you know, you win five out of seven games And then you come out with that type of effort. And the thing that killed me the most, Rosie, about that game, and I saw a great stat going into the night about Mark Giordano had played more games than that D-Corps collectively had had in the NHL. It was an easy time for all these cats in the back end in Montreal when it comes to Toronto's dynamic offense. And they still scored three goals, right? Like, imagine they actually brought it to Montreal. I just – I thought Montreal – you know, press the play all night. I thought they were really strong defensively. You got to give them some credit, but from a Maple Leaf standpoint, we've seen them play way better than they did last night for sure, no?
0: Yeah, they didn't have it, and I think, like, the sloppiness was what it was. You know, they're they're breaking yeah. into their offensive zone, and they just don't pay attention that ORD oh, are changing. They don't pay attention that, oh, I'm, I'm the third man high. You know, a D-man pinches down, he's damn near in the corner makes makes a play and then and then watches it instead of getting his ass back to the point and it was just odd man rush after odd man rush and that team's really solid on on the rush and they just gave them odd man rushes all night long and that's that's definitely not good enough and i, I think that they most likely will correct that but no it is embarrassing that that team is that young and that green and they came out with that kind of jump and and the Leafs just didn't. I mean, they had their chances here and there, but it wasn't sustained pressure. It wasn't momentum that they had all night long. And it was it was scrambly. I mean, I look in front of in front of their net, the Montreal Canadiens were in the lanes. They were blocking shots with poise. They were keeping things to the outside. They were shutting down their chances. And when they got chances, they were in position to to keep it to the outside or to get a stick on it or to get a full-on blocked shot. And in front of the Toronto Maple Leafs net, they were scrambling. They were down on one knee, throwing their toe up. They were spinning around, looking behind them. They were were scrambling. They weren't poised. And it just says to me that they thought they were just going to automatically win the game by showing up. I know no one thinks that consciously, but internally, I think they just thought this game was in the bag. They were happy to play that team game one and they were... You know, I, I can't stand how everyone keeps talking about the playoffs. Just because you had a good season last year it doesn't mean you're just gonna. The whole goal is just to not do anything until April. That's that doesn't work like that. You need to be firing on all cylinders come that first round of playoffs if you're going to win it. So I'm, I, I'm really sick of everyone talking about the the pre or the the regular season doesn't matter because that's ridiculous.
1: I think it's ridiculous too. Uh, maybe the answer is putting Mitch Marner on D like they. They foreshadowed maybe in the preseason. I, I'm just kidding. I was just so disgusted. I want to throw the game off. I don't know what happened there in the final five minutes. I thought defensively, they were an absolute mess. I'm not sure that Muzzin and Hall pairing is going to last very long. It's just a, a feel I got,
0: Rosie. It it, it can't, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, together, they're, they're a liability. Together. I mean, separately, yeah. they can complement somebody a little differently. Like maybe a, a Muzzin, Sandine. Um, and a Damn. geo with Hole. I think Geo could maybe make up for that positionally and defensively, and kind of complement Hall a little better. But I mean, man, like Muzzin at the end, there just spinning around, almost running into his own goalie, just slapping it up the middle—like pure panic. That can't happen, man. He's 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 better than that. But at the end of the day, that that was the game on his stick. He's got it, and he can clear it. And you know, when you When you just throw it wildly, then all of a sudden, Murray's out of position. He's trying to find the puck. He overcommits a little bit to his right side, and Anderson makes no mistake. And that that just can't happen at that level, man. You can't be throwing pizzas up the middle in panic with 17 seconds left. What was Muzzin even doing on the ice?
1: That's the big-time question, and my dream has always been to host a digital show and be sponsored by a pizza company. So maybe we get to that (laughs) level here on Leafs Morning Take because that was – List your ingredients on what you want in your pizza. I love pineapple on pizza, so pineapple would be on that pizza that Jake Muzzin laid up. But uh, the Leafs lose here in the season opener. Rosie, we have to look ahead. I think this is actually a good thing, and you being a former player can speak to this. Ilya Samsonov will make his uh, Maple Leafs debut tonight against the Washington Capitals in the home opener. So his shot at revenge in game number two of the season. Is it a good thing the Leafs can bounce back right away and just park whatever whatever that was at the Bell Center?
0: Oh, big time. There's like, I feel bad for football teams when, when they lose, like their wins and losses are so devastating, so drastically different as far as how the aura and and the mentality in their locker room is. And they got to wait a whole week usually to redeem themselves after a tough loss. It's nice. These guys get to bounce right back tonight. They're back at home. And, you know, a huge showing by the team as a collective and by Samsonov is, is going to put last night in the rear view mirror and i mean that's all you can do that's all we can do you got to move on and you got to focus on what's right in front of you and luckily they don't have four days until another game uh they get to go right at it tonight so that's a positive thing and that's all we can do is park it and i can tell how jaded you are after years of disappointment and Mm -hmm. sick and tired of it i'm not there yet obviously but um you know you got to park that one last night and move on to tonight and you know it's it's a big pressure game for for number thirty five. He's going to be he's going to be first game at home in Toronto. First game in that uniform against his old team that let him go. It's a big game, and there's going to be pressure on him. And I hope he stands stands on his head and uh, and gets a win because they're going to need it. Or it's going to be a, a tough weekend.
1: I will say on this side of the ledger, Rosie, you'll learn really, really quickly how it feels to be covering a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs when they rip your soul out, uh, soul out, and, and and they make for some. Some interesting and riveting narratives. I'll, I'll give them that. But you just never know what to expect from this team. And then you get the narrative every season. Oh, they're good enough to win the Stanley Cup. Would you ever see the Colorado Avalanche come out with a performance the way the Leafs did in the first game of the season following another Game 7 loss in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I think not. But when you look at Samsonov, 1-1-0 in the preseason, 9-17 save percentage. Do you want to add to that point, Rosie?
0: yeah, I mean, the thing is, last night they weren't playing the Colorado Avalanche. right They're playing the: yeah, Montreal but I'm Queens. saying: But I'm saying if Montreal view, or excuse me,
1: if Toronto views themselves as a legitimate Stanley Cup threat, would you see a team oh, yeah. like Colorado have an effort against Montreal the way Toronto did?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's it's like he says. It's unacceptable. You can't be doing mm-hmm. that. You want to be a Stanley Cup contender. You want You can't. You can't do that. It's it's sloppy. And has Colorado had games like that last year? Yes, they have. But on a game where you've had endless time to prepare for, and you mm-hmm. should be firing on all cylinders, and you shouldn't be making preseason mistakes. It's it's not good. And my my point was last night they weren't playing the Colorado Avalanche. You know, it's not like they just were overwhelmed and had a huge battle with two stud teams. They're playing a young a young team that's supposed to be green that's supposed to be making those those mistakes just defensively. They're supposed to have holes in their in their play. They're supposed to be fumbling the puck and missing assignments and being caught out of position and they weren't. It was it was our team that like you say is supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender. They didn't look like it last night, that's for sure, but like you said it's game 1. So move on and and focus on tonight and again don't forget
1: the chat is your friend here on YouTube chime in with your thoughts and questions we'll get to them in a couple moments from now just your overall opinion whatever you want to discuss on this Maple Leafs team moving forward and I can't believe we're already in this conversation of doom and gloom just one game into the season maybe everything changes tomorrow when we reconvene but we'll get to topic number three the the storyline I'm most looking forward to tonight, aside of course, Emilia Samsonov making his Maple Leafs debut, because everything, you know, will be on the goaltending this season for the Maple Leafs in the long run. But it's another installment of Austin Matthews and Alexander Ovechkin going toe to toe, with the added caveat that they both played an opening night on Wednesday, Rosie, and were both pointless. Uh, I would, I would wager that maybe, and, and not to foreshadow anything with our points bet, bet of the day, but I, th- I think both could hit the score sheet tonight. Obviously.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a bad pick. Um obviously the caliber of player they are. You're looking at their numbers here. They're just gross. But they're not uh they're not going to be held off the score sheet often and when both of them come off uh you know games like that and they're not on it, why wouldn't you? They're they're two of the most prolific goal scorers of their generation by far. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take that money because I I know Austin Matthews like, "Man, he must be getting sick of this, hey?" Eh? He must be getting sick of the same questions. I mean, you are as a fan, I am from my following of them and starting to get a taste of the frustration of, of Leafs Nation and understanding why some of those guys on Twitter have shopping bags over their head, but uh, he's <laughs> got to be tired of it. And With his, uh, with his caliber of play, I, I would be imagine he's doing everything he can to, to score tonight, and I, w- I would think he would too.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a prevailing story in the first game of the season is that Austin Matthews was really, really quiet by his standards. Again, somebody who had 101 goals in 125 previous games in regular season action, you can call that a quiet night. I think he had two shots on goal, played just a shade under 20 minutes. I expect a much better effort. And I think not that he needs to get up for anything, but to play Alex Ovechkin, from my opinion, already the best goal scorer of all time, with all due respect to Wayne Gretzky and others. I think you get up for games like that. And I couldn't believe Alex Ovechkin's numbers in regular season action against the Maple Leafs in his career. He has 41 goals in 53 career games against the Buds. It just shows his dominance, doesn't it?
0: Does he? That's not good. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's not good yeah. at all. And uh, <laughs> I'd be looking for him to be firing. I mean, I imagine they have a play to keep him off that left side, loading up that one tee and um I'm sure Samsonov knows very well what he's capable of and will be reading that play. So hopefully they can shut that down. But obviously the stats aren't in their favor at all, are they? They're not. Um, And another thing that caught my eye last night before
1: we get to our Points Bet Canada bet of the day, um, defensively speaking, was number one. But number two, the lack of discipline. Um, And and not to harp back on the story, but just the way they started that game from a discipline standpoint, I don't care who the power play is if you're going to laugh and say well chris weidman's running the first power play unit for the montreal canadians you have to stay out of the box what's said inside that room being somebody who played a bottom six role in the nhl played that over the edge type role what is said by the coaching staff to the players before the season before the game to acknowledge hey you know let's be tough let's not cross the line though
0: yeah i mean to start that game you want to get momentum on your side you want to be playing five on five. You want to have your stars out there, um, getting things going line after line. And you want to quiet down that crowd and take the atmosphere away from the hometown team. But you know, three penalties in the first 13 minutes, that, that's, not, that's not going to do it. You're, you're, you're ruining the momentum of the line changes. You're ruining the chemistry. You're breaking guys up. You're killing penalties. Guys are sitting in the box, coming out. It, it just wrecks everything, right? And I wish that less penalties were called in general. But um, that's not that's not going to do it. I didn't think any of the penalties were like wildly undisciplined. They weren't acting like morons out there um, doing things crazy. But you got to understand that that you can play that line, but you can't cross it. And sometimes that's difficult. And sometimes you don't know what's going to be called refs aren't perfect. But, you know, nonetheless, three penalties in 13 minutes to try to start the game and get your season going is that's also unacceptable. And hey, fortunately, we didn't get those monologues last night from the officials
1: around the six games in the NHL. I don't know what that was, the first uh, night in North America, but it was uh, cringe-worthy. Um, I think when you look at Matt Murray, too, I don't think he was the problem. I know you look at the numbers and say, well, you let four goals on 23 shots. But yeah. if it weren't for Matt Murray, Rosie, and maybe you can speak to this, I don't know if Toronto's even in this game after one, no? Like, I thought he was really good in the first period
0: yeah he was solid if you you know you watch the highlights there's some pretty big saves that he made on some pretty big chances uh they got away with one there on Caulfield at the end of the first period too he had an open net that he that he missed on uh the chances yeah. were just too many too many on on Murray and he shut the door looked really poised on just about everything except that back door on uh on Caulfield but um he he's not the problem the numbers Were ugly, but that first one, Caulfield's first goal, no one's scoring that. No one's stopping that that play. Um, He might want that second Caulfield goal back, but like, have you noticed in the last like three years how these guys shoot the puck? Like, it's disgusting. I've never seen guys score from out at just inside the top of the circles and just roast a goalie cleanly and it happens all the time now and those new sticks man they load them up and these kids' release is just nasty and they're picking corners every time every time I see a guy just load up a twig it just goes put twang off whatever corner he's facing and there's there's no human that can react to that quick enough it's going too fast and it comes off the stick with with no warning so I I don't blame Murray on that these guys Caulfield especially is just labeling his chances and 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 beat him and Murray's not gonna stop every single puck that comes his way in general I thought he looked pretty solid he was square to the puck and he wasn't scrambling and he like you said bailed him out more than once last night and it could have been uglier if they had a a bad performance by Murray it would have not even been close to a, a game like it was. The Montreal
1: Canadiens blocked 23 shots in that opener against Toronto Maple Leafs. They got to find a way to get the puck on net. It goes without saying. Having said that, let's get to our wrap-up brought to you by our friends at PointsBet Canada. Rosie, I don't know if you caught this, but one for one in the season. And it came late in the game. What a great feed from John Tavares sets up William Nylander and the anytime goal cashes. So with that in mind... I'm going to stick with the anytime goal theme. I'm going back to the well, but I'm going to poppy this time. Austin Matthews, uh, you're going to get it around uh, minus 130, which I think is pretty decent value considering the rate of goals this guy scores. He had 60 and 73. Again, he's got 101 in his last 126 regular season games. The guy's insane. I think he scores tonight. How do you feel?
0: Yeah, I mean, anytime you... uh anytime you pick Austin Matthews to score a goal, it's, it's not a bad idea. Um, I like your pickup last night on Nylander, man. I, I took it myself and, um, thought that that was, uh, not going to pan out until the last few minutes of the game there, which was really nice. So nice call on that. And yeah, you're picking, uh, you're picking Austin Matthews to score a goal. It's not a bad deal. I got a buddy that plays those Tim picks on, uh, the Tim Hortons app and he, uh, If you get seven in a row every day, you get free coffee for a week. And he was six, and he didn't pick Austin Matthews, and he lost. And I said, how do you not pick the best goal scorer in the league at the time to go ahead and score? That's ridiculous. So not a bad pick at all. I think it's a safe one, and uh, I hope it comes true. I hope he gets three tonight.
1: We love shot props for sure. Um, Again, if you don't want to get to that level, I mentioned it yesterday with William Nylander. I think you look at the shot prop. And as I mentioned earlier on, if you if you want to be gutsy and make a, a significant call, maybe you look at Alex Ovechkin, you look at Austin Matthews and you say, hey, they're both going to score and parlay it together. I think the, the hope of Leafs Nation, maybe that both score in this game just to add to the theatrics and the Maple Leafs win, right?
0: I would think so. Why not? Like you say, they're they're as dangerous as they are. They're studs, and if you pick them to score, it's not uh, it's not a flyer by any by any stretch. So, yeah, we'll be watching. Why not parlay that? Your odds are going to be pretty solid, I imagine. In the what would they be? Plus two something. Hard to say, but yeah, you're around there, be, uh, It'd be plus money. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, last a, not I looked, at
1: Ovechkin plus one twenty. There you go. Hmm, maybe and, that's your bet. Then. I mean. Yeah, maybe that is is it, but I'm going to go with Austin Matthews anytime goal. Um, with that, let's head on over to the chat. And again, you can be interactive on any show we do here, specifically on YouTube. Um, DJ Chameleon writes in, I don't know what you boys think, but to me, Tavares is not the right captain for this team. Should have been given to Matthews. In my opinion, a real captain is a guy who grabs the entire team. You played in the league, so I'll have you uh, get first uh, conversation going on this.
0: Yeah, when fans have opinions on who the captain should be, it's kind of silly to me because what a captain is is everything that's behind the scenes. You know, the mood in the dressing room, how we're approaching practice, who's leading the stretches, who's getting guys in the gym, who's making sure guys are taken care of, who's relaying the messages that he gets from the coach in a proper way. To the locker room that's the stuff it's not the guy that scores the most goals and that's why i kind of get annoyed when these young kids get captaincies and they've played three years in the league and they're the captain because they're a stud first pick and they're going to be a great player but the captain is that that veteran guy that's going to do all those things I had mentioned and John Tavares is the consummate professional sometimes I almost roll my eyes because he's he's too much that way like his interview before the game yesterday was just the same old token gestures and he doesn't say anything interesting just the token stuff and he keeps himself out of all the headlines as far as saying anything off the cuff cuff that's wild but uh he he is the captain of that team and he should be he's got the most experience he does everything right and if you went to a man in that locker room and said is he the captain for this team i think every guy would say absolutely yeah
1: and piggybacking off what you said um i think when you look at john tavares he he insulates well he's a great shield right he's a great shield for austin matthews mitch marner william nylander And I think to that point, like he just knows what to say at the right time. And there's never going to be really a concentrated story on something John Tavares says, right? I think he's really, really good at controlling the narrative. And I think you need somebody like that in this market to sort of control the media from, from that aspect. Having said that, I think we are getting close to that time where the conversation, the distinct conversation will come up with Austin Matthews, his future plans. He's two years away from being an unrestricted free agent. I think it's more so incumbent on John Tavares, maybe realizing the situation, you know, having a grasp of everything in that locker room and saying, hey, it wouldn't be the worst idea to pass along this captaincy. Like, I think if you're looking for answers, Rosie, in this market as to why in the hell they can't win a playoff series, at the very least, I think you have to find a way to make something different. And by something, maybe it's just something little, as, and not even little, as you just mentioned, changing the captaincy. And I, I think if there's maybe one player in this league, Nathan McKinnon's another who deserves to have the C and doesn't have it right now, it's probably Austin Matthews. Like, what else does the guy have to do to prove it, no? Well,
0: well, again, you give it to you give it to Landis when he's what 19 years old. So now how yeah. do you take it away? He's got to wear that C for the rest of his life where I agree. Yeah. McKinnon should be the captain of that team, but you've already gone ahead and gave it to some kid who is phenomenal. And he's probably a great captain, but it doesn't seem right. But in the Leafs locker room, say you strip John Tavares of the C, give it to Austin Matthews. Now Austin Matthews has more on his plate. How does, how is that a positive change? How, how do you think John Tavares feels getting stripped of his captaincy? Do you know the media? they would run away yeah. with that. They would be yeah. the biggest story. There'd be so, he would have to answer a thousand questions about it for months. And what do you think Austin Matthews needs to have that C on his, on his Jersey? You think he's going to do anything different. I, I don't agree. I think that you're going to, once John Tavares moves along from this team, then absolutely with a, yeah. a re-signing long-term deal with Austin Matthews, if that's, if that happens, then absolutely give him the C. But as far as stripping, uh, John Tavares of it and giving it to someone else I mean look at the captains they've had over the last how far do you want to go back it wasn't any of their captaincies that couldn't get him to the second round I'm not saying strip him. um maybe John Tavares
1: comes out and says hey I'm gonna pass this along like again create the narrative force the narrative it, if you will you don't, you don't have to say we're stripping the guy of the captaincy
0: but that's what it is like I mean John well, Tavares we all would know eat- that but there's a way <laughs> well, you can phrase say- it no They'd still have a heyday with it in the media going, was this your idea or was this absolutely this was my decision, blah, blah. blah. They'd ask Keefe about blah, blah, blah. They'd be asking Dubas about it. And it's like you brought him in there to be that leader. And he is just because he's not the number one goal scorer on the team. Um, I, I just, I, I don't like it when they give the captaincy to the highest point total on every single franchise. That's not what a captain is. It's more of a leadership position and Austin's young and he's got his earrings and his fancy stuff going on and blah, 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 and all that shit. And it's all great for the kids, but it doesn't mean you're the leader of this team, um, from a perspective of consummate professional. And that's to a T what John Tavares is. You make an excellent point because oftentimes fans and
1: media want to say, hey, this guy should be the captain. Last time I checked, they're not in the locker room, right? I think uh, obviously the players have the biggest say, management, coaching staff, and they yeah. truly know what's going on, right? So, from on the surface, you could say Austin oh, Matthews deserves it, but do we truly know what's going on inside that locker room? I'm just trying to spitball, man, because again, we're, we're trying to look for answers why it's not working with this nucleus, right? I, I on paper, get it. and granted, The sky's not falling. It's one game. You know, I'm trying to temper expectations. It's one game. They can equally come out tonight and just blow the doors off the Washington Capitals in the home opener, and it'll be a moot point. But the fact that we continue to see these type of efforts to bring this episode full circle is alarming. Granted, it's just one game into the season, but it's early on. But we've seen this in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So ultimately, I wake up every day trying to find out a reason, you know, why and how to make this team better if they're not going to do anything trade-wise. Because in my opinion, at least, like you got to trade one of the big boys to really send a message, but they're not at that point yet, clearly.
0: No, no, they're not. And I mean, I get you. I hear you. You watch that game last night, and you're trying to find reasons. And it just sucks with, with that market and what happened in the playoffs. And you just want them to get off to a good start. And they constantly shoot themselves in the foot by doing something frustrating. And all the fans and the people that follow are trying to figure out why did you just do that? You know, you have a great preseason. Everyone's firing. You get Johnny T back in the lineup. He's feeling healthy. It's You're not playing a man short like you thought you might have to. At least you could maybe try to blame something on that. You have all the pieces. Roster looks good. And you just kind of come out with that kind of a game. The effort was there, but but the execution wasn't And I, all you can do is cross your fingers and say they're going to blow the doors off Washington tonight, and they're just going to roll and win three in a row. But what they have done, like they have in the past, is give us reasons to deny them, give us reasons to bitch, and they're right back after one game. It is only one game, but they're right back where they always seem to land. That is exactly it, Rosie, as we wrap here, is the fact that this has
1: happened before. Like, I understand if it was a one-off. I understand if an effort like that had never happened before. But the rate that it happens, I think I have every reason to bitch and moan on today's show. Do you agree with that at, at the very least?
0: Yeah, you've earned it. I mean, like I said, you've been doing this your <laughs> whole life. So everyone <laughs> in Toronto, I mean... it there's so many eyes on that team and it like I said it's a subconscious thing it's an internal psychological thing where you know when you play for that organization what has happened in the past you know how how frustrated the fans are and that weighs on you and it plays a part in your mind whether you are thinking about it actually or not but at the end of the day that's what the leafs are and they just got to break through and get out of this so here we go tonight good thing we get a quick turnaround
1: yeah, I know I'm on the ledge. Don't worry. I'm not going to jump. I'm looking forward to the home opener tonight. We're going to debut a feature presentation tomorrow for you. Three hits with Rosie. Your thoughts in this game. You're, uh, you're over firefighting tomorrow. Your other job. So we're, we're looking forward to that. We'll, we'll talk tomorrow, okay?
0: You bet. See you then.
1: So there you have it, Jay Rosehill. Um, I just want to mention as well, Anthony Stewart of Sportsnet's going to be on the show tomorrow. So we're going to get his thoughts. And most importantly, Jack Campbell. As his Vesna pick, so Stewie's coming up tomorrow, and again a full recap and report on tonight's home opener against the Washington Capitals. Thanks so much for listening. Again, subscribe, like, leave us a review, do the uh, you know that fantastic stuff. For Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much. We'll talk tomorrow.